that can actually help increase conversions from the point of view that you're taking the focus off the navigation and putting it on the main call to action. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Welcome to another episode of the Active Marketer Podcast. This is the podcast that's all about sales funnels and marketing automation, and I am your host, Barry Moore. Happy you could join us for another episode. This week, we're going to change gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about something we haven't really discussed so far on the show. We've covered a lot of technical aspects of marketing automation, the overarching strategies you might want to use, and some tips and some tactics. But one of the things we've ignored kind of to date is design. And design is super important in your sales funnel because that's usually the first step of getting somebody into your sales funnel is a well-designed offer. Whether that's on your website or whether it's on a dedicated landing page, someone's going to hit that first page of your funnel and you're going to have to convert them to either buy your product or enter their email address or take that next step, whatever that next step might be. And design plays a very, very important factor in that. Now, I'm not naturally good at it, which is probably why we haven't talked about it so far. So I decided to get an expert on. This week, we've got Greg Merrilies from Studio One Design, who's going to talk about specifically about conversion-focused design and how you design around a conversion event. So I'm really excited to have him on. But before we get to that, I just want to let you know that if you listen all the way to the end, there's going to be a very, very special offer at the end of this episode that you're not going to want to miss. So don't skip out early. I'll be back later to talk about that. But in the meantime, let's get into this week's episode with Greg Merrilies from StudioOneDesign.com. I would like to welcome to the show Greg Merrilies from Studio One Design. Welcome, Greg. Hey, Barry, thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, I really want to get you on the show for two reasons. One is I really like your work. You, you do some great designs for some really high-profile internet marketers, and we might talk a little bit about that. One, because this is not really my skill set, and it's something we haven't really addressed on the podcast so far, is that you know if you're trying to build out a sales funnel for somebody and you don't have a good design at the beginning, or the beginning of that sales funnel is somebody's web page or somebody's landing page. And if that's designed poorly, people are just going to bounce. So all that beautiful automation and all that beautiful follow-up sequence you may have built in the back is going to be for nothing if 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 you can't get those people to convert on that first step. So Such I wanted true. to get a design guru on like yourself to talk about how maybe uh, less design-oriented people like myself um, can do their best either to find the right designer or to um, make sure that the right design elements are in place. Sure. good? Yeah, sounds awesome, man. Yeah, got heaps of knowledge for you to share. Awesome. So everybody likes good design from an aesthetic point of view. You know, whenever you see something that's designed beautiful, you're like, ooh, I really like that. But on a more kind of visceral level, what does is, what is good design kind of communicate or what does it convey to other people about you or your brand? Yeah, look, great question. I think everybody loves good design. There's no doubt about that. But usually only because it looks good, you know. And to me, 
it should be more about getting the results. So I guess that ties in nicely with your audience. If they're doing, like you said, all that automation, if it's, you know, if you don't have a design that converts, then it's kind of pointless. So, um, but, you know, even just having a good looking design can actually help, you know, convert prospects into paying customers. There's no doubt about it. Like, for instance, I heard on um, Kevin Rogers's, <laughs> if that's a word, Rogers's <laughs> um, podcast, he interviewed Derek Halpern and, and he actually said, and he's not a, a huge fan of design or, or he wasn't up until recently. And he actually put up and sorry, he's had a, a course that he ran for the last few years. And just recently, he changed the design, just the aesthetics of the actual landing page. And he saw like a refund rate cut in half, essentially. So and he was extremely surprised. He, he never put that much value on design. But he said he didn't change anything about the offer. He literally just changed the design, had it designed professionally. And uh, yeah, he was shocked how powerful having a, a new design could be. Yeah, I remember I, I listened to that, that episode, I think as well. And I remember going to his site Maybe this is going back a, a year or two or so, and I haven't been there lately, but and just remembering how basic it re- really was in the beginning, you know, it was just white page, black text. Yes. And it was just all very, very basic, which was his, you know, his goal in the first place. But it's interesting suggestion to go back and check it out. It's interesting to see that he's kind of seen the light and the power. Of yeah, it is, design. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've been following him for a few years as well. Yeah, but yeah, so I guess to me, the the why of having a good design is really to get better results. I mean, we've designed hundreds of websites recently, probably up to three or four hundred. But yeah, we design about twenty or thirty a month at the moment, and yeah, we have designed for some pretty high level marketers out there, like you know James Shramko and Taki and Kevin Rogers and you know even Ezra and and Keith Krantz, etc. But even recently, we've just designed a website for. Wait for it, Frank Kern. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, which is super exciting. You know, he's the the king of automation, really, auto, automation funnels. But yeah, so we've just designed his site, which is not released yet, but it might be by the time this podcast comes out. It's pretty close, I think. But yeah, so I guess in that time, we really have worked out a bit of a formula for what works. And, um, you know, I guess what makes us unique is that we really understand online marketing and, and funnels, etc. All right. Well, I guess that brings me to my next question is, you know, when it comes to websites and landing pages that are kind of specifically there for a conversion event, what should you make sure you have on those landing pages or those websites and what should you make sure you don't have? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, to me, the whole purpose of a web page or a website is to build trust. You know, it's a little bit harder to build trust than it is if you're with an offline business where you're face-to-face. So we use the principles of persuasion based on the six of them that we use based on, um, you know, Robert Cialdini's book, Influence. But yeah, we like to use them in pretty much every website or, you know, landing page that we design. So do you want me to go over those six? Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, cool. So the first one is reciprocity. So like, for instance, if you've got a, a full website that you're offering services, you know, you want to kind of give as much free value as possible, just basically because people will feel more compelled to, to give back if, if you're generous with your with your free content. So that might be in the form of a blog post or a video or podcast like what you're doing now, Barry. And yeah, it just entices people or influences people to give back. So another way you can do that is using a lead magnet, for instance, on a website, which I highly recommend every website should have. And that you know, as you know, it could be a, a short course or a PDF download or a checklist or a free trial, etc. So yeah, essentially reciprocity is the first one. 
that we use. The second one is authority. So, you know, obviously people trust credible, knowledgeable experts. So there's many ways to show authority on your website, you know, from the quality content that you create to position you as the expert through headlines and images, you know, accreditations. You can use transfer of authorities. Like in other words, you might have photos with other famous people in your niche and you're sort of leveraging off their authority. So yeah, authority is a huge one. I mean, other ways you can use authority in general, like if you've just got a professional design, you're going to look like more of an authority than someone that's just got a, a website that you've kind of slapped together yourself. But yeah, so authority is definitely a huge one. Consistency is another one. So for instance, you know, like if you have a website and, a, and Facebook and, and all these different sort of touch points, what we like to do is be congruent across all of them with your branding and your, you know, the look and feel essentially. So, you know, basically you want to make sure that people start remembering your brand. And if you've got multiple, you know, different looks here and there, then people, it just looks like a mess. So if you're consistent with the look and feel, that's going to, to help influence people as well. And next, next one we do is likability, which is really, you know, obviously people buy from people they know, like, and trust. So what we try to do on a website is try and, you know, get people to like you. So, I mean, a key way, a key element you can use, a design element is video. So, I mean, a lot of people try to hide behind their website and they're too afraid to put their personality out there. So what I suggest is, you know, using video or images or, you know, having feeds from your, it might be your Instagram, whatever, on your website. So people can start to see your personality. And, you know, I believe that um, people might hate you or like you, but either way, it will generate more business. The next one we use is scarcity. So this is probably more for either e-commerce websites or, or landing pages, for instance. But it's basically the, you know, like it's human nature to desire more of what there is less of. So, you know, for instance, if you're doing a, a live event sales page, you might have a limited you know, amount of seats, etc. Or if it's a webinar, it's obviously going to be started at a certain time. So there's a, a time, a limited time offer. But yeah, e-commerce sites, for instance, you could have like seasonal offers, uh, which work quite well. You could even have like a flash sale as well. It's sort of something that will pop up for about a day or, you know, that sort of thing. But what we, yeah, and what we like to do is if it is a limited time offer, we'll have a, a countdown timer, which is actually just a visual element that entices people like it's more attractive to see let's say there's a day to go for until your webinar starts just by saying you know it's it's going to run on this date and time it's not as attractive as if you actually have a countdown timer counting down how many hours and how many minutes left Uh, it just creates more urgency essentially so yeah and then the last one is consensus which is really you know what we call for um, websites social proof and it's really just letting other people talk about how good your products or services are. So, you know, you can use that in the form of testimonials or case studies. You know, I guess, you know, some of those things are probably not uh, believable, but if you put it into the form of a video, it becomes, you know, a lot more believable. So definitely have consensus and some other design elements you can use for consensus are showing, you know, like logos of uh, websites or businesses that you've helped, etc. Yeah, even just showing people's faces could really help boost the believability of a testimonial. Yeah, and I've watched the evolution of your brand as as well over time. And I just want to loop back to that video bit. Um, yeah, that as a as an element on a website is just exploded probably in the last what twelve eighteen months or something like that, hasn't so, it? Yeah. 
it's almost gotten to the point where if there isn't one when you go there, you're like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I've got to read. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I've got to read all this stuff now. Now I'll just bounce. Right. So have you seen an increase in conversions or uh, yeah. inc- increase in engagement based on the, you know, the kind of the custom, your, your own business, number one. And number two, because I noticed you've been using a lot of video lately. And number one, you know, with your, your clients, number two, kind of the difference between those who do it and those who don't. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't give it an exact figure, but um, I do know that just with my own stuff, you know, using video has increased. Like we use Wistia, so you get to see the engagement and all that, uh, you know, in the analytics of Wistia.com. And uh, yeah, it's incredible the amount of views that we get uh, on the videos, on the new videos versus the old videos. The new videos are face to camera videos of me, you know, face to camera. And yeah, it really helps build trust. And we get, we close a lot more sales, mainly because when people get on the phone uh, or, you know, Skype call, et cetera, a lot of people have said, you know, I feel like I know you already. And this might be a complete stranger. And it's just because of using video. So it's, it's using that, um, you know, a likability factor yeah. essentially. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely does help. For sure. For sure. But in that, in, And that kind of brings me to another question is, you know, you see design trends kind of sweep through at certain times, like, you know, a few months, maybe, I don't know, last year it was, you know, flat design. And then the last few months, it's been that kind of one page scrolling website where everything's on one page, you know, you just scroll through. Um, So what do you think of those, of those kind of trends and how do you determine whether it's, you know, it's a good trend to follow or it's just a a trendy trend that everyone seems to <laughs> hopped, on, hopped on the bandwagon, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, absolutely. isn't necessarily good for you or your brand. Yeah, trendy trend. I love that. So yeah, to me, like you, you have to be cautious because you don't really want to be the leader with trends, in my opinion. I mean, trends are created by designers because they get bored. And obviously people get bored of the web. It's good to keep evolving and going forward. But yeah, I would be cautious of a lot of trends. But, um, you know, some trends that work well, there's no doubt clean, flat design works well from the point of view that it's more aesthetically pleasing, it's less cluttered, puts the focus on the right things. So for instance, if you've got a call to action button, you know, you want a message above it and a call to action and a lot of clear space around it so that it puts more focus, most like clear space, just lots of space essentially with nothing else going on because it will draw the eye to that call to action button. So there's a to me, flat, clean design is, is, you know, serves its purpose as well. There's a few other trends that I'll go through. But yeah, in general, I would say a couple of trends like, say, the parallax effect or video backgrounds, those sort of things will actually decrease conversions from the point of view that they are a distraction. You know, you might have a call to action and a really nice marketing message over the top of it, but you get distracted by the background. And the other thing is if you're scrolling down the page a little bit more, but you've got this a crazy video sort of at the top of your your vision it's a distraction and it just puts you off reading the rest of the copy so there's a couple of i guess effects or trends that i would use minimally you don't have to avoid them if you really like them but just make sure they're not a distraction from the main purpose of the site or the or the landing page or whatever but yeah so another obviously you mentioned the long scrolling websites i mean yeah they they work great for uh, obviously, sales pages. There's a new trend we've seen, which is like a sideways scrolling effect. So, for instance, you might have a homepage, and then there's a, a tab on the left that says, you know, latest blog post. The tab on the right says about us, for instance, or services, or whatever. And then you click on them, and the, the site kind of scrolls 
sideways as opposed to vertically. So yeah, it's a trend. I haven't tested if it works or not. It's just something that I've, I've seen very recently. But in general, like another few trends I've seen that, you know, like I think work really well is just using larger images and use those images to tell a story that represents your brand or your message or your offer and try to keep everything above the fold, you know, above the bit of, that you first see when you land on the page as clean as possible. And, you know, it obviously needs to have really good compelling copywriting but yeah let the image do the talking don't have lots of tiny paragraphs of copy we save that sort of stuff for further down the page we just want to grab their attention uh, you know essentially when they first land on the page and then as they engage and scroll down the page there'll be more information and more benefits etc yeah you know you've got when someone hits that page for the first time you've got seconds to keep them there and before they decide whether they're going to go somewhere. So I guess, you know, that's a really great point. If you've got something that conveys more information, like an image or a video, a useful video, yeah, that's going to get them to take that next step, which is to scroll down and see what else is in your website or your offer or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And a couple other trends would be a hamburger menu, which uh, I've seen on a lot of websites lately. We actually use that as well. It's like just something instead of having, you know, about testimonial services, all those sort of things, contact, et cetera, across the top of the page, just have three lines like you would see on a mobile device. Yeah, yeah. Parallel lines, yeah. And yeah, so that can actually help increase conversions from the point of view that you're taking the focus off the navigation and put it on the main call to action. You should only have one call to action above the fold and especially on a landing page, you should only have one call to action, full stop. But yeah, so that hamburger menu can increase conversions, but just be careful though because it has... Like if you read reviews on that, there are some examples where it decreases conversions because people, depends what your main offer is on the the bit above the fold, but people might want to look at something else in the navigation. So they get annoyed. Some people actually don't even know what a hamburger menu represents. So just be careful with that one. But yeah, so... Another thing I would mention would be uh, like, let's say on activecampaign.com, I think they do it really well. They have a very slight... GIF animated thing, which, um, for instance, you know, they've got some copy, their main headline, and it just changes like it's typing out the next thing and the next thing. And then they have a different um, image that represents that copy. And I think that's nicely done because it's really, um, it's, you know, it's benefit driven headline. It's showing an image that relates to the headline. And it's just something that changes ever so slightly. It's not a, a big distraction. Yeah, very cool. I've never heard it called a hamburger menu before. Now I know. Where, do you, where does that come from? Do you have any idea? I think because it just looks like a hamburger icon, oh, you know. Right. It's kind of like just, uh, you know, meat in the sandwich, just three lines essentially. <laughs> I, yeah. I wonder I wonder about those because yeah, I guess, you know, it's a matter of the paradigm people are used to. If someone goes to a site, and they, it, that would be easily overlooked design element, I would think, rather than the… Yeah, it could be. The exactly. Kind of, the kind of blatant menu bar across the top, but… True, true. Uh, but again, I guess it goes back to that point about designing for what you think, how you think your your users or visitors are going to engage. You know, if the majority of them are coming on a mobile device, which seems to be the case these days, like an iPad or something, yeah, um, then that would certainly be a, a way to go. And that I can see where that sideways scrolling stuff would really be an interesting thing for, yeah. on an iPad, but on a desktop, maybe not so much. But True. Cool. All right. So... I'm interested in how you actually kind of come up with your designs. You know, when you get a new client on board, how do you go about creating a design from? Like, where do you start? Where do you start? Yeah. So, well, for me, we have a, um, you know, we have a questionnaire essentially. And that questionnaire brings out, you know, a lot of information about the client and their target market and, you know, what's the purpose of the site. You know, I guess, yeah, we're trying to get a, a bit of a framework for for what, 
what's working essentially, uh, like originally, uh, sorry, already on their site, because we, we really want to make sure that, you know, we, we, if we're redesigning a, a full website, that it still gets equally good results, if not better than what they currently have. So, you know, doing a complete redesign can actually wreck a site if you don't take into consideration what's already working. So yeah, we've got a, quite a few questions in that questionnaire and that's step one. And then step two would be we follow up with a Skype call just to really dig deeper into all the answers of the questionnaire. And to me, that's how you know, you're know you going to get a, a good result if you, if you start off with somebody that has a questionnaire. Now, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've come across this. I think a lot of time when you're working with a, a client, there's a bit of a disconnect. Like if they don't know how to communicate to you as a designer what they want, they just keep going, no, it's not that, give me something else. So what can you do as a site owner that will make it easier for you to communicate with a designer or get your ideas across so that there's less of a disconnect between the kind of not so design oriented people, perhaps like myself and the the killer designers like you? I mean, how can I, what's the best way I can communicate to you if I'm getting you to do my design other than that questionnaire? Like. What mind, yeah. What mindset do I need to have? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, look, the thing is, you don't need to be a designer. You know, you should do what you're good at and leave the designing to the designer. So I guess what I would look for initially is the designer's folio, you know, their portfolio to see if they've got the type of style that you're looking for. And then just as a starting point, you can let them know in you know, the designer know in their own folio what you like and what you don't like. So that'd be a good starting point. But also what I would say is look for a designer that has, you know, marketing skills essentially, because really there's no point redesigning a website or a landing page if uh, if it doesn't get results. So yeah, absolutely. Look for you know a marketing-based designer, and I guess another tip would be you can get designers on you know ninety-nine designs or all those other services out there. But just be careful that you know when you do find one, make sure they're going to be there for for the long term. A lot of clients come to us because they say you know found a designer, but they were great for a logo, but then uh, went back and couldn't find them ever again. So yeah, couple of tips. Fair enough. Fair enough. And. Just at a personal level, what kind of stuff do you really enjoy about the design process? Yeah, sure. So I love getting results in general. I do like, I guess for me, because you know, we've had, I've had my business for 15 years and we designed t-shirts initially. I had to make a pivot about three or four years ago. And honestly, the thing that I love the most about it is connecting with entrepreneurs and people just like yourself that are trying to grow their businesses and they're on the same journey as me. So I guess that's, that's the key to it. And I've got a team now that takes care of the process for me. I like to build the relationship initially. And then I just like to keep, you know, putting education into my design team to make sure that they understand marketing and they understand how to get a good result. But yeah, as for the designing, I don't do so much of that myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So for those people out there who've, who've decided that their brand or their design needs a bit of a dust off or a bit of a re-engineer, before they go out and find somebody, uh, what common mistakes do you see people make that they should avoid? Yeah, sure. So I think there's a lot, actually. One would be, like, I think a lot of people try to sell on hello, right? So for instance, you know, services, businesses, you might have a link straight to your services. Well, I would argue that people have, you haven't built that trust with people yet. So remember the purpose of your website is to build trust. So I would say for us, for instance, uh, we just have a link to our folio so people can see what we do. And then we have testimonials on every page. So I would say that's definitely one, one thing. Try not to sell on hello. It's probably a little bit different with an e-commerce site. Uh, excuse me. But yeah, also trying to have too many call to actions on, on one page. 
Now, essentially, the, the homepage of your website is like a gateway to get to other sections of, you know, of your offers and, and social proof, et cetera, or your blog, that sort of thing, so that you can sort of build trust over time. But apart from, and so that's kind of the only place where you would use multiple call to actions, but still put it in a hierarchy and a way that's not confusing for, for the visitor. But then yeah, if it's a landing page, you should only have one call to action. Don't have a lead magnet on that landing page, for instance, um, you know, you might put something else throughout a, a multi-step funnel, but essentially that should just have one call to action. But apart from that, I would say, you know, a lot of people don't invest in copywriting. And, you know, if you're quite new to online marketing, you really want to invest in copywriting because they will talk about the benefits of your products and services and they'll sort of make it all about your prospects where what we see most people make mistakes with is they'll do the copy themselves and it's all about them and it's you know it's not going to get people to to uh, convert that's for sure yeah for sure i've been trying to uh, improve my copywriting skills and become a better copywriter myself and man it's frustrating <laughs> it's frustrating yeah. <laughs> like you write something you read it back you're like oh this is just rubbish why it's it's sometimes it's just better to go find someone who's dramatically better at it than you and yeah and just invest instead of trying to do everything yourself stick what you're good at exactly um but yeah i mean a couple of other things like you know we find a lot of people try to do the entire website themselves you know the whole design so they'll buy a cheap template from theme forest or template monster or whatever which you know there's nothing wrong with some of those templates and they're really really cheap but over time you know they they try to customize themselves and ends up looking terrible and then that find it gets slower and slower and there's plug-in conflicts and there's all these updates that need doing so i don't know i would say if you're starting out start there but if you're a serious business invest in a in a proper website you know it doesn't cost that much especially if you compare it to a bricks and mortar um, business where you know, you've got a, a full shop you know the website's quite cheap in comparison it is the place where people go to check you out when they hear about you so yeah i would say you know because it represents you and your brand make sure it's as professional as possible yeah there's two interesting points there that one is you know, people go and they buy those themes. They're like, oh, I like the look of this. And then they get it and they're like, no, I'm just going to change everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it's like, well, it looks good because the elements all work together. And if you yeah. start changing them, it looks like rubbish. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the second bit there is I see like a lot of startups, you know, I follow kind of the startup community as well. They all pretty much have to seem to have the same website. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So they just grab a theme or a template, which is, you know, as you said, if you're starting out and you got no money, it's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. But then every time you hit one of their, those type of websites, it all looks exactly the same. And you, it, so they're just not, there's, there's no way for them to differentiate from the guy I was just looking at two minutes ago, you know, exactly, exactly, exactly the same. So yeah, there's a lot of things a good design can do for you. All right. So I'm going to go out and get a good design. What's the first step I need to take? Well, yeah, I would say, honestly, look for a designer that understands marketing. <laughs> Fair enough. And, <laughs> and obviously, Studio One Design is a great place to start, but what are the kind of indicators to me that this guy understands or this design studio or this designer understands marketing? Yeah, so I would say make sure they they do have questions in their questionnaire, for instance, that ask you what is working currently in your website. So like I'm scared to redesign a website because it can it can uh, decrease conversions unless you really work out what's working so i mean you can do a lot of background stuff yourself so you can look at the quantitative data and the qualitative data which are you know different types of measurements which uh, for instance the quantitative is checking your google analytics and any type of metrics that you know can be measured and you can see trends over time and then the qualitative data is studying user behavior so we use an amazing tool called hotjar and 
You know that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't played with it yet, but I know of it. Oh, it's such good value. It's incredible. So yeah, it has heat maps, it has user polls, it has video recordings of your users. It's so powerful and it's so cheap. It's like 20 or $29 a month, whatever it is. So yeah, that's a good way of working out what's actually working already. And so then when you go to designer, you can let them know what's working. So that's where I would start. Uh, and I will loop back to something we maybe have glossed over before is that let the designer be the designer. Yeah, true. You know, if, you, if you're if you going to a designer, you're going there for a reason. It's not so when they bring you the design back, don't go, oh, now change this, move this over here. It's like, could have yeah, done it good, yourself, right? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, look, we offer unlimited design revisions on everything we do. But yeah, we, we make sure that when we present the design that it's got all the right conversion elements. That's the most important thing. As far as the look and feel, you know, we let clients give us feedback on on what they want changed for the, the look and feel. And that's totally fair enough. It's their business. But yeah, we do put things in a certain hierarchy for, you know, for conversions essentially. And do you go, just curious, do you go back with multiple designs or do you just come back and go, right, we think this is the best one or you know what I mean? Yeah. So in, internally, we'll, we like we have design manager, we have a couple of design managers and 10 designers, whatever. But so what we like to do is the design manager may be presented a couple of different options by the designer, but we will just work out what we think is the best and we present one design at a time to the client. Fair enough. I think that's an excellent idea. All right, cool. Greg, I really appreciate you taking your time. I want to respect your time today um, and sharing all your knowledge and expertise with us. And if someone wants to find out more about you and uh, what you guys do, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on, Barry. It's been a pleasure being here, buddy. So yeah, if you go to our website, studio1design.com, it's the number one, or you can email me even at uh, greg at studio1design.com. And I would urge everybody to go over there and check it out. Some really great designs there and certainly some names you'll recognize uh, in the portfolio links. You got it, buddy. All right. Thanks, Greg. And uh, we'll see you online. Absolutely. Thanks, Barry. I'd like to thank Greg Merrilies for coming and sharing his knowledge with us. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for spending time with us here on the Active Marketer podcast. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned a special offer. And here it is. I have been talking to a lot of you through email, through Skype calls, and in our Automation Nation private Facebook group. And if you're not in there, head over to Facebook right now, type in Automation Nation, click join, tell us you heard about it on the podcast, and you're in. We talk about all things marketing automation, sales funnels, tips, tactics, techniques. We solve problems. People share their experience. It's really an exciting community. There are lots and lots of smart people in there. But earlier this year, when I started the Active Marketer, I really started it with kind of one key focus in mind, and that was to get marketing automation in the hands of every business owner who wanted to know how to do it. When I started this journey, my own journey, a couple of years back, there was zero information. It was really mysterious. It was all back-end stuff that only the big guys did. And I learned through tons of trial and error and playing around and, no, this doesn't work. There was really just nowhere to go for me to learn. And I think a lot of you are having that same experience now, even with the Active Marketer and our private Facebook group and the podcast. A lot of you are still running into snags. A lot of you still haven't had the light come on yet, and you want a little bit more education, a little bit more coaching, and a little bit more guidance. So next year, I think I really need to step up my game in my crusade to get sales and marketing automation into the hands of everyone to make it approachable to every business owner. So I've got something really exciting planned for the new year, and that is a private coaching community. It's going to be the community. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be the community I always wished was around when I started. 
I don't want you to have to go through all the trials and errors and the mistakes that I went through. And I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing this right now. So, and a lot of you even asked for this inside Automation Nation. So what this is going to be is it's going to be a private coaching community where we can talk to each other, where you can get direct access to me. We'll have shared automations in there that you can download, put straight into your business in a matter of minutes. We're going to have swipe files that you can put to use inside your business. We're going to have funnel blueprints easily implementable action plans so that you know exactly the steps you need to take to make this all happen. We're going to have regular coaching calls because I think that's really the secret sauce. It's great for me to provide you all these training videos and PDFs and stuff, but I think sometimes you just really need someone to explain it to you. And that's why I started this whole thing in the first place. So I'm really going to pick up my game. We're going to have regular coaching calls where we talk about specific tactics, specific techniques, how you put this to you. You have the opportunity to ask me questions. And we're going to do something really exciting, which is we're going to have member hot seats, right? So this is a really great way to learn. If you brave enough to put your hand up, we're going to put you in the hot seat and myself and fellow members are going to grill you on what your tactics are to get you really super tight in what your message is, what your product is, what your funnel is. And I think it will be a great learning experience for everybody involved. So, and we're also going to talk about how do you automate the back end of your business processes as well? It's great that you get everybody funneling in and buying stuff, but then how do you deliver that? How do you automate the back end of your business so it's as efficient as possible and you can deliver as many customers as you can? And how do you scale that up and how do you scale out your team? So we're not only going to be talking about the front end sales and marketing stuff and what you do with people once they're opted in or what they bought, but how you can actually scale your business, right? How you can make automate all the processes in your business so that you can put on other team members and maybe spend less time doing the drudgery and more time doing the things you love within your business. So I'm really excited about this and I hope you'll join me on this journey. So here's the special offer. If you head over to the URL I'm going to mention in a minute, you can sign up for early access. It's not going to cost you anything. I'm just gathering a tribe of people who are super interested in this. So head over to the page, put in your name and your details and when the community's ready, hopefully by kind of the end of January, when this community is ready, because you guys are putting your hand up early, you'll have early access to special founder rates. So if you put your hand up and say you want into this community, you're going to get locked in at a special founder's rate for taking a chance with me, and I'm going to reward you with that. The price of this community is going to go up over time, and it's going to go up pretty quickly as we jam more and more resources into this community, and we get a lot of more momentum going. But you'll be locked in at the special founder's rate forever. So if you join us as one of our founding members, that's the rate you're going to pay for the rest of your life. As long as you stay in that community, the cost to you is never going to go up. New members are certainly going to pay more, but you founding members who are taking action are going to be locked in at that special price. So there'll be more information on the community coming soon. But in the meantime, if you want to head over to the activemarketer.com forward slash special offer, Put your details in there, and when the community is ready, we get a little bit closer, I'll let you know what that special founder's price is going to be, and I'll let you in at a special sneak peek to the community. And also, you founders get to drive the direction of the community. So you get to tell me what you want me to build into that community, and we'll go out and do it for you. So I'm really, really super excited about this, and I hope you are as well. So head over to theactivemarketer.com forward slash special offer and put your hand up. Until next week. I want you to get out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.